Welcome to the JRMD podcast. Still to my knowledge, the only journal podcast dedicated to the fascinating world of inherited metabolic disease. I'm James Nurse, the journal's social media editor, and in fortnightly episodes, I invite our wonderful authors to take me through their recent publications. Whether you're here for more detail on your special interest or just trying to catch up on all those papers you meant to read, I hope we've got you covered. So settle in and join me as I learn more about succinic semialdehyde dehydrogenase deficiency. Hello there. Now, there are always podcasts that fill me with dread, and those are generally the ones that have very long names for conditions in, so I'm hoping we'll get through this without any incident. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Itai Latza of the Boston Children's Hospital from their Division of Epilepsy in the Department of Neurology to discuss his recent paper, Establishment and Validation of a Clinical Severity Scoring System for Succinic Semialdehyde Dehydrogenase Deficiency. Um, Itai, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, succinic semialdehyde dehydrogenase deficiency. I'm going to call it SSADHD, and we'll make the podcast about five minutes shorter, is another one of those topics we haven't discussed in the podcast before. What is it, and what's the current treatment landscape like? So SSADHD is an ultra-rare disease with a prevalence of about one to 500,000. It's an autosomal recessive inherited metabolic disorder that is unique as that metabolic defect leads to a problem with catabolism of GABA, the brain's main inhibitory neurotransmitter. So what happens as a result of this metabolic defect is that GABA, this inhibitory neurotransmitter, accumulates to hyperphysiological levels and other GABA-related metabolites like GHB, for example, or guanidinobutrate, which also are inhibitory in nature, accumulate. And so individuals with SSADHD basically have increased levels of cerebral GABA. And the increased level of cerebral GABA is postulated to lead to all sorts of manifestations from developmental problems to seizures to motor problems and psychiatric manifestations. So for a simple general pediatrician like myself, if I'm seeing a child with developmental problem and seizures and I'm setting off the CSF neurotransmitters, that's where I'm going to find this, I suppose. Yeah, so it's much easier than that. You don't have to send CSF neurotransmitters because it's easily detected by checking the GHB level or 4-hydroxybutrate level in the urine. So it's much easier than doing an LP. And of course, if the GHB levels are increased in the urine, then you can do a genetic assessment and confirm the diagnosis. The variant would be in the gene ALDH5A1. Oh, well, I'm, I'm in favor of anything that is easier than doing an LP. Is there any way currently of offering a treatment for this? So unfortunately, the current treatment is only supportive. But in Boston Children's Hospital, there is a lab focusing on developing gene therapy and enzyme replacement therapy for SSADHD. So it's ongoing. Um, obviously, not all diseases have a scoring system. And so why was one needed in SSADHD? Yeah, it's a great question. Because in SSADHD, the spectrum of the manifestations of this condition is incredibly variable. We have children that have a pretty good level of functioning and good adaptive skills. And on the other end, we have children with a really severe intellectual disability, autism, and intractable seizures. And in order to provide prognostic information to parents at an early point or even later, and in order to be able to categorize patients when doing clinical trials, 
it's important we have this severity scoring system. So that's why you need one. So how does one go about creating and then validating a clinical scoring system? So what we did is we used the data, the comprehensive data that accumulated from the five-year ongoing natural history study of succinic semialdehyde dehydrogenase deficiency in Boston Children's Hospital. It's important to say that Boston Children's Hospital is not the only site for this natural history study. It also has sites in Heidelberg, Germany, and in Barcelona and Spain. And individuals enrolled in this natural history study arrive to our clinics once every two years. And when they arrive, they undergo comprehensive assessments, starting from neurological examinations, neuropsychological assessments, including cognitive, adaptive, motor, language assessments, etc., and assessments for autism spectrum disorder, and also MRI studies, EEGs, and transcranial magnetic stimulation studies. So using all of the data that's accumulated, and especially the, the one from the neuropsychiatric data, we were able to mirror the clinical severity score with objective data. For example, there is a domain in our clinical severity score called cognitive functioning. So we mirrored it with the cognitive tests. The domain of communication was mirrored by that of language and autism. Motor with motor tests, epilepsy with EEG, and various other methods to assess seizure severity. And finally, for psychiatric manifestations that we assess bedside in the clinical severity score, we mirrored it with behavioral tests that we did, the ABCL and CBCL. And that's how we validated our clinical severity score that's given bedside to patients when they come. And that's its main advantage. We can do it quickly and without doing extensive testing. Um, in the paper, you keep referring to the OSS and the CSS. You obviously made this objective scoring system to allow you to create the clinical scoring system. Is there then a role for both? How do you see that working going forward? Right. So when we started the natural history studies five years ago, we used the clinical severity system that we formed to assess patients when they come. It allowed us to have this immediate and fast score that could tell us where the patient is at in terms of his severity. And at this point now, after five years, we wanted to see if what we did matches objectively what happens with these patients. So we took their objective tests, and as I said, we mirrored it, we compared them to what we did for five years with a clinical severity score. And we saw that they correlate almost exactly. So indicating that our bedside instincts or our bedside decisions were correct. The objective severity score in itself, I mean, it can be used, but it's not the point of the manuscript and not our point. Our goal is that healthcare providers attending to children or adults with SSADHD will use the clinical severity score, which is a very simple and accessible scoring system, knowing that it has been validated by objective measures. And I mean, obviously, people who want to see the CSS can look at the paper. It's also part of the visual abstract that you provided to go along with it. Yeah. So how do you see this being used going forward? I mean, does it support prognostication for families from the outset? Yeah, so offering prognostication for patients is one of the main goals of our CSS. 
And it can allow us to stratify and categorize patients when we enter now the clinical trials of gene therapy that's being developed for this disease in Boston Children's Hospital. Knowing which patients would react in a certain way or be more suitable for gene therapy or knowing the differences after gene therapy has been provided. So if we have a score before and after. So all of this is important for prognostication, for therapeutic trials, and for giving just better comprehensive care to families and patients. And you keep sort of teasing this idea of clinical trials and the work that you're doing. And I'm often speaking to guests on the podcast about enzyme replacement therapies and gene therapy trials. Am I allowed to ask where you are with these things? Are we Have we got little SSADHD mice knocking around or what's the case? We have, definitely. There are SSADHD mice that we have been working on and the initial results are promising, but they have yet to be formalized in preclinical or clinical trials, of course. And we're hoping that in the next few years, we'll advance with this and we'll be able to achieve it. And I know, obviously, this is something that you've become particularly wrapped up in whilst you're obviously on your fellowship in Boston. Yeah. We saw a recent letter to the editor about a, a patient organization set up by a parent whose child has SSADHD, I think, living in Germany. Currently, what does the future look like for this condition? Is it just your lab working on this or are other centers also working on treatments and trials? There is a pharmaceutical company based in Taiwan that works on enzyme replacement therapy. And they have some collaboration with us. That's what I know of in that aspect. And we're working on the gene therapy. And the natural history study in general allows us also to see which of the, shall we say, conservative therapies work better. For example, anti-seizure medications. 20 years ago, it was thought that vigabatrin would help seizures of SSADHD, for example, and one of the things that we saw from the natural history study is that it doesn't really. So we're able to kind of make their care and treatment more exact. But in terms of the gene and enzyme replacement therapy, from what I know, only Boston Children's Hospital and that pharmaceutical company that I mentioned are working on it. I mean, it's always disappointing to hear about medications that don't work, but I guess it's equally important that we know what we should do. It's important we know what we shouldn't be doing or, or what isn't going to work for our patients. So we're not giving false hope or pursuing bad treatments, I guess. Right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. If listeners would like to read the paper, please click the link in the podcast description or go to the journal web pages and search for Clinical Severity Scoring System for Succinic Semialdehyde Dehydrogenase Deficiency. Itai, thank you again for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. 